Welcome back to Kiss the Sun podcast. My name is Daniel Faringer. In this episode, we're going to begin a three-part conversation about the He Gets Us campaign. Back in November, I was able to sit down with Tyrus Twine. Tyrus is a contributor here at Everlasting Rock. He wrote an article for us about the He Gets Us campaign. In our conversation today, you're going to hear us talk about what is He Gets Us. We're going to talk about who they seek to partner with and what they are seeking to do. In our conversation, you're going to hear much about who Christ is, what is the gospel, and how we should think about the He Gets Us campaign. Here we go now for part one of our conversation about the He Gets Us campaign. So Tyrus, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you seek to glorify God with your life. Well, thanks, Daniel, for having me on the show. I'm really honored to be a contributor at Everlasting Rock. I I remember when you first asked me to join, uh, I was flattered because I really don't consider myself much of a writer, So, and which is the bulk of what we do at Everlasting Rock. So uh, I'm glad that you put up with my articles <laughs> and even uh, go out of your way to even post them. Um, but a little bit about myself, as, as Daniel said, I'm Tyrus Twine. Um, I live in New Holland, Pennsylvania with my beautiful wife, Nicole, and we have a wonderful daughter, Celeste. She's about to be eight months old. And so being a husband and father is one of my favorite and primary vocations of how I glorify God in my life. I also work as a watch assembler uh, for a certain watch company, which I won't name here, but let's just say it's a, it's a pretty good one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how well I actually do at that job, uh, but on my off time, uh, I try to do as much ministry as I can, often do pulpit supply, preaching, teaching Sunday school classes. And thanks to you, I'll be speaking at a uh, Bible conference in January. So thanks for that, Daniel. Yeah. Um, I just uh, love to do evangelism whenever I can, sometimes abortion mill ministry. Uh, sometimes we even got to my church, got to preach at a gay pride event. We just want to reach as many people with the gospel as possible. Um, because it is the only way for men to be reconciled with God and thankful to share that with anyone. And so, uh, and also last but not least, definitely not least is getting to glorify God through writing articles uh, through Everlasting Rock, which I said is not something I expected to be doing because I really don't consider myself much of a writer. But for whatever reason, you thought the article I wrote about this subject was good enough to have me on this podcast. So <laughs> don't know what you were thinking, So, but I'll try my best. Yeah, well, thank you, Tyrus, for joining us on the Kiss the Sun podcast. So if you're anything like me, last year, last fall, if you watch the NFL like, like I do, you're sitting there watching commercials. Because oftentimes it feels like much of the football game is commercials. And you were sitting there, like I was, about a year ago. And you saw this flashy ad that had these pictures and it ended with the words, He gets us. And I first heard about this strategy, this marketing campaign, about a year ago. And I thought to myself, what exactly is this he gets us thing? And it just got it got bigger and bigger as the NFL season went on last year. And then if you watch the Super Bowl, they had an ad for it. And so I just began to see this he gets us. And I, I 
had heard some things about it, but then I specifically asked Tyrus, like, Tyrus, could you look into this campaign and write an article <laughs> about it? Because it's like, I have a general idea about the campaign, but I really don't know that much about it. So I asked Tyrus to uh, to write it. So he wrote it. He wrote an article um, for us back in April, I believe. And then <laughs> I had thought about recording a, a podcast episode with him. And uh, but a couple months back, he was like, "Well, it's a little bit outdated. Like he gets this thing; it's a little bit outdated." Uh, but uh, I listened to him say that, and then I thought to myself, "Ah, maybe not." Because one of the other things that I've increasingly become aware of is that the theology that we affirm, the theology that we we believe and we support in America will be exported. I was just yes. in uh, Liberia back in back at the end of August, and it had blown me away. And I had been there about seven years ago. I had been there seven years ago. I had seen some of the things, obviously, prosperity gospel, some of those different things that obviously we know here in the American church that has, has been exported to those countries. But I didn't realize just how fast now the theology that the American church supports and affirms is being exported around the world. Technology is expanding. And specifically in that country of Liberia, they have internet access, they have cell phones, they have satellite TV, they have all these things that are now really flooding their country. And so one of the things that I really want to, to do as we talk about this subject is to realize that this campaign, the campaign that, that has this understanding about Jesus, is not just an American thing. It's not just a Western thing, but it is going to be exported around the world. And so, Tyrus, I want to begin by asking, what is he gets? What is this campaign? And then what did you learn about as you researched? Well, yeah, I, I, I definitely... So what's funny is when you asked me to do this, I didn't know what it was because I don't watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I don't watch football. I'm not really into sports. But it was like, yeah, it was kind of like researching this. He gets us thing. And I was like, oh, I, I might have saw an ad like on Facebook or YouTube or something, something like that. I think I, I think I did see like an ad on Facebook or something, but not through watching the Super Bowl. Um <laughs> and not that I have anything even against sports. I just, I, I've just never really been interested. Um, but he gets us. First of all, I, first of all, I want to say that for those who are listening, maybe you're even, you even like the idea of he gets us because essentially what he gets us is trying to do is present Jesus Christ to a large group of people. I mean, Getting a Super Bowl ad that is talking about Jesus, it, it sounds impossible. Like, how did that even happen? Um, so initially, we might think that that's a positive thing. 
However, as Daniel is saying, it's so important when Jesus is promoted that he's promoted accurately. And with the He Gets Us campaign, which is a ad campaign, not just an ad campaign, we'll talk a little bit about that, but He Gets Us, if you look at what their goal, it's an ad campaign that has cost over a hundred million dollars and was created by the servant foundation and includes TV commercials, billboards, online content. They even have uh, books and curriculum that you can share. They even have sermons that you can buy that push forward this philosophy of who they believe Jesus is. Uh, I think it's best to like just even, even look at what it is about in, in the about us section by the way, the He Gets Us campaign has edited their website multiple times because of their controversial uh, statements. So this is where it was at the time I wrote the article. Uh, it says this, He Gets Us is a movement to reintroduce people to the Jesus of the Bible and his confounding love and forgiveness. We believe his words, example, and life have relevance in our lives today and offer hope for a better future. Now, who doesn't like that? That sounds great, doesn't it? Like, if... if if that's what it actually was, presenting the biblical Jesus, and so that people could conf be confronted with the reality of the forgiveness of Christ, I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. It even says other things. We want to provide a safe place to ask questions, including tough ones. Now, again, as I've stated in my article, I, I love apologetics. I love evangelism. I love talking about those hard questions with unbelievers. Uh, I don't want people to be at all hindered. Uh, when it comes to learning about Christ. The He Gets Us campaign it sounds like a golden boy for what we as Christians would want to do. However, this campaign, and which is more than just an ad campaign, as I said, there's a lot of other resources that they provide. They even do merch as well. You can get t-shirts and things like that, from what I understand. The organizations like Haven, Glue, um, uh, Lamar, I, I think, is uh, another foundation that supports it. All of them are LGBTQ affirming. Uh, anyone, uh, any liberal denomination can be recommended by them as a resource. So they also have, like, they can connect you with a church, and there's no doctrinal standard for what churches they'll accept and which ones they don't. But at its core, what he gets us really wants to do is present a Jesus that is relevant because they believe that the church has mischaracterized Jesus for a very long time and is doing a poor job. So if I was going to say, in a nutshell, what he gets his campaign is, it is a ad campaign that attempts to recontextualize Jesus in a way that will be appealing to unbelievers to get them interested in Christ so that they will come to believe in him. That's what I would say. <laughs> wow. That is, that is just crazy hearing, hearing everything that you've mentioned. And one of the things that immediately popped into my head as, as you're talking about the campaign, that they're willing to connect with any church. I mean, I've been spending the last couple of months exploring on our other podcast, what is a church? We've been seeking to explore what scripture says the church is to be and what they are to do. 
And there are clear lines of what is a church and what isn't a church. So just them, just them partnering with a church, regardless of if they're a church or not, is very concerning. Should be for all of us. But then also at the same time, I think to myself, did scripture fail? Is scripture not sufficient? Mm. Is the Jesus of scripture not the Jesus they want? Is there some other like extra add-on that we need to present Jesus? Because you're saying that they're they're trying to put Jesus through a modern lens. They're they're trying to look at the biography of Jesus through a modern lens to find new relevance in, in often overlooked moments and themes from his life. That is just astounding to me uh, at this point. Before we even get into a lot of their other things, I think that immediately should be concerning for us. That if... Yeah, what's sad is that a lot of Christians say that that's what they want. Yeah. Like, I, it is, it is sad to think that we, the American church specifically, has become so spiritually immature that the Bible is not enough for us. We want, and the problem is because m many who claim to be Christians aren't, but even those who are genuine believers, they are so doctrinally ignorant and spiritually immature, and they go to churches and, and listen to sermons that barely have any scripture in them, where that's happening regardless of the Jesus campaign anyway. Like the pastor is already trying to recontextualize Jesus to be something that is more appealing to the flesh. Now, I believe that God is faithful shepherd and that those who are genuine Christians will eventually be led out of that. I believe that they will eventually desire um, something pure and better. And we've seen the Holy Spirit do that. And in, in, I've seen it happen where, you know, People were genuine Christians, but they were in these kinds of churches, and eventually they lost the they lost the uh, excitement for what they were delivering because God is a faithful shepherd will bring them out. But nevertheless, I think a lot of people, when we hear, well, we want a Jesus that's relevant for today, and we want a Jesus that we're going to connect with more, who who sympathizes with us. I was like, well. That Jesus already exists. <laughs> yeah. he's, 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 he's the one that we're preaching in, in, from the Bible, if they're yeah. preaching the Bible correctly. Jesus already can sympathize with us on our weaknesses. He's always relevant because he's the eternal God and his word lasts forever. But the problem is many, many don't want the Jesus of Scripture because the Jesus of Scripture actually demands something from us. And for a lot of churches in America today, the Jesus that is presented is not a Jesus that demands anything from you. He's, so, he's just supposed to be there as a comforter. And Jesus is a comforter, um, but he's more than a comforter. 
He he's not just someone who get who makes me feel good when I'm going through a tough time. He's not just someone that if I add him to my life, it gets a little bit better. Uh, no, like Jesus says, come to me and come to die. <laughs> you know, I I I have been crucified with Christ. It's not about me anymore. And the problem is when something like he gets us comes along, uh, the unbelieving professing Christian uh, is going to latch onto it naturally because it appeals to the flesh. But even the immature Christian who is being fed um, bad doctrine, uh, well, this is a Jesus that is so sympathetic. This is a Jesus who's so gentle, a Jesus who doesn't demand much from me. And in their spiritual immaturity, they don't recognize they don't recognize what, that that's actually poisonous to them. Um, at least, at least eventually, like I said, I have faith that God is a faithful shepherd and will bring those Christians who are genuine into a place of maturity. But in the beginning, when you're in false doctrine, you, you're not, you don't, you're, you're tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. This Jesus sounds great, even though it's not the Jesus that has actually saved you. Um, and, but, you know, thankfully, thanks to a lot of faithful ministries who have analyzed that he gets this campaign and a lot of faithful ministries, people are brought out of deception each and every day. And I'm thankful for that. And hopefully we're a part of that through Everlasting Rock as well. I don't know who might be listening. Um, we're here to help you. We're, we're not here to just dog on the he gets his campaign because, you know, it's fun to do. That's not really the purpose. The purpose is we don't want to take part in the fruit, in the works of darkness, but instead we want to expose them like like Christ in his scriptures commands us to do. And so that's what this is really for. If you're listening to this, we really hope that this will be helpful for you to understand why this is dangerous. Sorry, I think I went on a little long there. Yeah, but no, I, that's, I, that's that, good. Oh. I'm, I'm just thinking to myself as I'm like hearing you talk, as I'm, as I'm thinking about this, and, and as you were just going, I was thinking to myself about a conversation that I had prior, um, a couple months back, when I sat down with uh, our co-founder, Ethan, uh, and he and I were talking about sort of what happened in, in 2020. We talked a lot about how so many people lost the foundation that they had because their foundation wasn't Christ. Mm. And as a result of that, they weren't built on the rock. They were built on sand. So that's why churches fell apart. That's why so many different people left church and have never come back because they were never built on the rock and so i immediately think of like this is why we're doing everlasting rock is to help people to build their life on the lord who is an everlasting rock and as i think about that i'm also thinking about now that we are a couple of years removed from the year 2020 i'm almost thinking to myself i i wonder at, at the back of their minds with he gets us. If they're at some point thinking to themselves, we need to do something to try to get people back to church. Hmm. After 2020. Well, I, I think it's obvious looking at the ad campaign itself that 2020 was definitely a huge influence in how they're marketing their campaign. If you just look... Uh, Jesus was a rebel. Sure. I don't know if you saw that one that they did. Um, 
there's lots in mo- a lot of the ads they have a lot of pictures of blm protests yeah. uh there's it, it's definitely it is very very clear that the person they are trying to reach is the liberal left-leaning unbelieving youth and you know i want to reach them too i want to reach that person too however what they're doing is and which is really deceptive is that they are painting Jesus in a way that makes him look just like them. And that's where we run into really, really big problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, because if you, I, Paul Washer said this once, he said, if you give people a God in their own image, I promise you they'll accept him. And that's, and that I've found is basically exactly what he gets us is trying to do. I think there are genuine people within the He Gets Us campaign who who who, are, who actually want to reach people for Christ. Yeah. Um, I think they're just going about it the completely wrong way, and I, I don't know what to attribute to that. Whether it's nefarious or naivete, could be just that they're naive and not understanding how God actually calls people to Himself. Because uh, to put all my cards on the table, like. You know, I'm a reformed, I'm a reformed guy, and I believe that God works through the proclamation of his gospel and that what actually turns someone to accept the gospel is not my presentation. It's the Holy Spirit opening up the heart for them to receive it. And I think when you understand that, your idea of I need to package this presentation in just the right way so that it doesn't offend so and so and make sure that it's so prim and so proper to make because because if they don't turn to Christ it's really my fault and that's the way a lot of people think because they don't have robust theology of salvation um no as a christian my only responsibility is to proclaim the gospel faithfully um and clearly and then the acceptance or rejection of that message is dependent fully upon the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit regenerating the heart. And I remember when I first learned that, I was set free from so much anxiety in my evangelism because I always like, well, maybe they would have come to Christ if I had said this or if I had leaned forward a little bit, maybe if I put my arm on their shoulder, like crazy stuff. And what at the heart of he gets us, I think, is like the spirit of pragmatism. It's like, we need to present Jesus in just the right way that's not going to offend anyone and that's going to appeal to this type of person. And then, in fact, and I quote, um, I can't remember who was it, a part of the He Gets Us campaign who said this, but basically the point of the campaign was we need to build unbelievers' respect for Jesus so eventually they'll respect him, <laughs> which of course is ridiculous if you know your Bibles because the unbelieving heart is hostile to God. They already hate Jesus. Yeah. Respecting G- the biblical Jesus is not possible for the unregenerate yeah. heart. It's not possible. <laughs> However, respecting and loving the Jesus that we create that's meant to appeal to people, yeah, that that's a little easier to do. We could do that, which of course is what he gets us does, and we'll get into some specifics yeah. maybe about about that as we go on in the podcast. But yeah, it, it, Daniel, it's very it's very concerning to me. Um, the pragmatism of which is the beating heart of this entire campaign. Yeah. So do they, does he get us define whom they want to partner with? Yeah, that, that, that was an interesting question. I remember because um, you gave me the questions ahead of time a little bit so I could review them. And to be honest, I don't think that they do uh, because 
there's been a full variety of churches and organizations that have supported them. And honestly, I think as long as they're under the banner of Christ, uh, they don't have a problem partnering with anyone. In fact, um, trying to remember what I said in the article that they, uh, he, he gets us as a diverse group of Jesus followers with a wide variety of faith journeys, whatever that means, by the way, I don't know what that means. <laughs> wide variety of faith journeys and lived experiences. Our work represents the input from Christians who believe that Jesus is the son of God, as well as many others who, though not Christians, share a deep admiration for the man that Jesus was. And we are deeply inspired and curious to explore his story. We look at the biography of Jesus through a modern lens to find new relevance in often overlooked moments and themes from his life. See, that's what I mean by that was a hard question to answer because it seems like they really, and I I say that this in, in the article too, they really don't want to focus on doctrinal distinctives. They're willing to partner with anyone under the banner of supposed Jesus, as long as they respect him, believer or not, which is really interesting because did I, if I remember correctly, Paul said that these things were spiritually dis- discerned. <laughs> and uh, if, if the Holy Spirit isn't working in you, you're going to get stuff wrong about, about Christ. Uh, if he's not working there. Get, so I don't know why on earth a campaign that is desiring, as they say, to present the biblical Jesus would want to work with people who don't believe in the biblical Jesus, but instead, and especially the fact that he was the son of God, they don't believe that, but they really admire Jesus as a man, as an example to follow. And that's the Jesus that everybody likes. Everybody already likes that Jesus. Everybody already likes the Jesus who is just a really nice guy who said we should be loving to one another and who did miracles and whatever. No one has a problem with that Jesus. They have a problem with the Jesus, the real Jesus, who says, I am God, and you must submit your life to me. And by the way, I'm going to hold you accountable for your sins. However, I have provided the way of escape. If you repent of your sins and stop trusting in your own self-righteousness and trust fully upon me, the only one who can save you. That's, that's the Jesus people have a problem with, but that's not the Jesus that he gets us once to portray. And I mean, we don't see that anywhere in any of the ads at all. There's no repentance. There's no um, acknowledgement of sin. There's no Christ's law. There's no nothing. It's just Jesus was just like you. He's, he was a really great guy. And therefore, and be the jumping point for unbelievers to want to seek out the biblical Jesus, which is what they claim. They said, we want to present the, the Jesus of the Bible. And I, I fail to see any ad so far that has done that. In fact, many of the articles written on the website, you know, in fact, at one point, there's an interview with Tom Buck. And maybe we can talk a little bit yep. about his his little escapade with the He Gets His campaign, where he originally the article said some people believe Jesus was the son of God and that he lived the perfect life. But for others, that's a stretch. Wow. Whatever the case Whatever the case may be, it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you, you yeah. don't say whatever the case may be. You don't do, like you're trying to present the biblical Jesus. Why would you even bring up like, oh, well, you know, maybe, even if he wasn't the son of God, he's still a great example. I believe I believe the quote was I, he was still a great example of what human beings are capable of. And I was like, that is not first of all, it's a bold faced lie. <laughs> like yeah. we were not capable what jesus could do he 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 
perfect son of God. He is the sinless lamb. We, the whole reason we need him is because we can't measure up yeah. to his standard. And to just to play willy nilly with the person and deity of Christ is to lose. Because if Jesus is just a man, he can't save anybody. If Jesus is just a man, he can't die for the sins of the world. Because if he's just a man, man does not have life inherent in himself. It's life that's derived from God. Only God can give us eternal life because he is life himself. And that's why it's so interesting when I, Peter says, you killed the author of life. How is that possible? How can you kill the author of life? Only if that person is God and man, fully God, fully man. And that's the beauty of Jesus. If we separate the deity of Christ, we have lost the salvation of Christ. Sorry, I just started preaching. I apologize. Keep going, man. As you're as you're talking, as as you just said, like they're they're trying to separate the the deity of Christ from the person of Christ. I can't help but but think of Vodi Bakum. Vodi Bakum preached this message called the title was the God. I'll I'll put it in the uh, podcast description because it is a very clear message. He dropped it perfect. Such a good message. I was there in person hearing it. And he talked about near the beginning of the sermon, he talked about uh, the governor of California, Governor Newsom, <laughs> using Jesus' words to support abortion. And <laughs> and and in it, nobody was saying talking about Jesus. He said he isn't running for God. He just is. And that, I feel like, is the massive issue with the get They're trying to make Jesus check all the voting boxes. Hit this box. Hit this box. Oh, hit this box. Hit this box. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then we can support him to be God. That is what they are trying <laughs> yeah. to do. And that is a serious issue. Because, as Bodhi said, he is God. He yeah. isn't running for God. Well, that's he is God. I don't even think, again, it's been a while since I've looked at all the, uh, the ads, but like, they really want to lean away from the idea of Jesus being God. Um, they really want him to seem more relatable by focusing on his humanity. And the humanity of Christ matters. It's really important. Like, I love the fact that I have a sympathetic high priest that is able to sympathize with me and my weakness. I, I love that. I love that about my God, that he condescended, he took on flesh. That is an essential part of the gospel. And that, I don't want to devalue that at all. The problem that the main problem is, is that when we think of Jesus merely as a man, it, it comes down to what, what, what we've been talking about is that he ceases to be the full picture of who Jesus is. And, but that, and, and it's the humanity of Christ in a sense is the least offensive because if he's just a man, we can accept him, we can reject him. It's not that big a deal. He's just an example. And uh what's what's interesting is like like I said they're trying to 
not only just relegate him to his humanity, but also say that he was things that he wasn't. So like the Jesus was a refugee, which of course he wasn't <laughs> a refugee at all. Yeah. It calling Jesus a refugee is like saying I'm a refugee. If I move from Pennsylvania to California, <laughs> like Jesus went from one part of the Roman empire to the other, <laughs> other place in the Roman empire when he, they went to Egypt it, it, and they didn't stay there. They came back. I don't, <laughs> Jesus wasn't a refugee. Jesus wasn't a social justice warrior. I'm sorry, he was not. Um, he wasn't. <laughs> um, Jesus, uh, what's the other one they had? Um, oh, man. Oh, the, one of the ones that I really, really, it's almost Christmas time, so this is on my mind. But they did this one where they try to like, they do this thing where it's basically, it's a teen, she's a teen mom unplanned pregnancy talking about mary that one was that one was that one really bothered me because and this but this is what you have to do is like my one of my biggest issues with the campaign itself is that but despite the political stuff is that when it comes to unplanned pregnancy right saying relic when unplanned pregnancy happens it's a result of uh it's in terms of like you know fornication you know people who aren't married um it's always sin (laughs) it's always from the result of sin you know and when we relegate oh you know there was a young girl there was a young girl and she had an unplanned pregnancy and her boyfriend said i'll stay with you and support the child and all this stuff and by the way they uh they lived in bethlehem and i was like uh no that that's not the story the story First of all, I hesitate to call Mary's pregnancy an unplanned pregnancy because it was planned from eternity past <laughs> and it was prophesied in the Old Testament. But you see, uh, I understand what they're trying to do. But my biggest problem with that is that the the girl, and I've seen this meme on Facebook where it says like, uh, the world was saved through an unplanned pregnancy. And I'm like, I understand the sentiment behind that. The biggest issue with that is, is that unlike the Virgin Mary, the the typical teen mom unplanned pregnancy was the result of sin. And what these campaigns do is because they don't emphasize sin or repentance is that, Oh, Jesus was a rebel. And they show pictures of like gangs or whatever, or Jesus is the result of an unplanned pregnancy. What it does is it coddles people into thinking, well, if Jesus went through that, then what I'm doing must not be that bad. You you see that kind of bait and switch there where it's like, Okay, and again, like babies are babies are always a blessing. Yeah, they are. Even even if they're the result of an unplanned pregnancy, um, even if they result from sin, like you know, Jesus can redeem those situations. But what we what we do people a disservice, and I I know because I have family members who had had babies outside of marriage, and what the worst thing we can do for that person is to say that it was perfectly okay what happened. What they need to do is be brought to a place of repentance over that sin because that situation can be redeemed by Christ. E- even the fornication that you engaged in that was sinful and wrong, Jesus can forgive that sin. Now that's an ad campaign I would like to see. That That's what I would like to see. It is, uh, we talked about an unplanned pregnancy, a teen mom, and she, she knows that what she did was sinful and wrong, but here comes Christ. The Savior willing to go to the cross to pay for that sin and rise again on the third day. That would be an ad campaign worth 
worth watching. But with this thing about uh, equating Mary's pregnancy to an unplanned sinful pregnancy, I think all that does is dilute the waters to get people to a place of repentance. It basically is saying, well, oh, Jesus was a result of unplanned pregnancy, so what happened to me? Oh, that wasn't that bad. I don't know how we got on that topic, but I was just saying, like, you, you see how the, yeah. this, this idea creating a, a Jesus that is relate, so relatable that he doesn't cause us to come to a place of reflection upon our sinful state and how devastating that could be is that there are people who look at these ads and say, oh, Jesus was just like me. I must not be that bad. And they're headed right for hell because they didn't hear a gospel. They didn't hear a gospel. They heard Jesus is just like me and he sympathizes with me. So he's really not upset with me. <laughs> he's, he's not upset with me at all. And, you know, Jesus loves us despite our sin. He does. But he he's upset with our sin. <laughs> he's upset with us. We stand condemned already. But that's the beauty of the gospel. Despite that God should justly condemn us, he sends his son to die for us. And we and when we don't see that, when we don't catch that, and what the He Gets Us campaign is actively trying to avoid and cover that part of the gospel up in order to remain relevant, it actually does far more damage than they think just being honest about the truth of the scripture, which is the only way to be actually healed of the malady of sin. I'm just I'm thinking to myself as you're you're talking that I mean th this podcast is called Kiss the Sun, based on Psalm two. Mm. And I, I just think about the, the ending of Psalm 2. The call mm. to kiss the sun, to bow to the sun, to love the sun, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because his wrath may soon be kindled. He mm. will judge at his time. No sin will be left And, and God is a righteous judge. So when we forget that Christ is king, that he is a judge, every and all sin will seem okay and fine. And that is the danger. That is the danger when you distort to your own image. I think of my uh, my pastor who who actually preached on a, a very similar subject uh, back in February, um, and I've had the incredible opportunity to have him on um, the Everlasting Rock podcast, talking about what is a church for our first couple of episodes, and uh, and he said this line that that still rings very true in my head. And I think it's very applicable to this conversation, right? He was talking about Christ. He was talking about the demand that Christ calls his believers, that they must be willing to take up their cross and follow him. And he was talking about how, how people 
want a different Christ, how they want to preach a different Christ, how they want to teach and store Christ. And he said this, he said, this isn't Burger King. You can't have Christ your way. You either have Christ his way or you don't have Christ. And that is really what he gets boils down to. It's you either have Christ his way or you don't have Christ at all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kiss the Sun podcast. Tune in next time to hear the continuation of our conversation. Our prayer is that you would love, submit, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe for future episodes and consider leaving a five-star review and sharing it with others. Visit us at everlastingrock.net to learn about our purpose, our team, and to find more of our podcasts, read some of our blogs, or our blog series entitled God Created. By the grace of God through Christ, may you build your life on the Lord who is an everlasting rock.